With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Indie Beacon Radio, where creative souls can find help in marketing their creations. You can send questions for each show on Twitter using the hashtag IndieBeacon. Now sit back and enjoy learning about our guest for this show. I'm Grace Allison, your host for today's interview with Bob Doerr who is a multi-award-winning author who grew up in a military family. He graduated from the Air Force Academy and then had a 28-year career of his own in the Air Force. It was a lifestyle that had him moving every three or four years, but also one that exposed him to the people and cultures of numerous countries in Asia, Europe, and most of these United States. In the Air Force, Bob specialized in criminal investigations and counterintelligence, gaining significant insights into the world of crime, espionage, and terrorism. His field of work brought him into close contact and coordination with the investigative and security agencies of many different countries and with the FBI and CIA. Well, Bob, it sounds like you're quite an exciting person. Um, can you tell us, you spent 30 years in the Air Force conducting criminal investigations and counterintelligence operations. Are any of your books based on your actual experience? Uh, no, not at all. And I, I want to thank you for having me on tonight. No, none of, my, none of my books are based on any real events or real investigations or whatever. But I have to tell you, after spending 30 years bouncing around the world, uh, working crimes in uh, these counterintelligence operations in different countries, my mind has always been full of plots and characters that I find very easy to reach out and, uh, and to create a story around. But none of the books are, are, are true in any form at all. Well, you've got the Jim West Murder Mystery Series. That's, a, that's really an interesting series of books. Let's talk about them. Um, your first book, Dead Man Can Kill. Um, tell us about Jim West and why you created this character in his books. Well, Jim West and the, the book Dead Men Can Kill was my very first uh, book. And I wanted to, to write, I, I knew I wanted to write a mystery, a uh, murder mystery, uh, maybe more of a thriller than a true mystery in some people's eyes. But uh, I decided to use a, a character that I thought would be easy to do. It would be someone like myself who served time in the Air Force and then uh, retired from that. So I had that kind of background. So it's easy to me to, for me to write about that character as though I know him. Uh, Jim West is, is a person who spent 20 years in the Air Force, loving his job, uh, trying to do the best he could. But at the 20-year point, his wife left him. And, and what he didn't understand until that point was he had spent his whole 20 years working hard on his career, but had kind of just taken his wife for granted. The divorce really, really hit him hard because he, he never saw it coming. And so what happened is he went ahead and retired from the Air Force, went back out to New Mexico. He just wanted to start over again. He just wanted to get his life back and, and try to figure out where he was. 
uh, and so he, what he's doing out there is going out to the universities and giving lectures to undergraduate students on criminology, on, on, on uh, the different federal agencies, and just trying to make a little bit of money uh, along with his retirement, and uh, didn't really want to do much else at that point. Well, in Dead Men Can Kill, what happens to poor Jim, and it's kind of like what happens in the future to him in all my books, he gets sucked into a murder that he never saw coming. In this case, he's performing a, a, what they call forensic hypnosis on one of the students because the class is on the, the, the investigative tool of forensic hypnosis, of hypnosis, which is really designed to help people remember things. And he's taking this uh, student back to his birthday. is going back to as young, young as a point as he can in the student's life, and the student all of a sudden starts screaming and having a, uh, a fit there in front of everybody. So they calm the student down, give him a cup of water, let him take a break, and then the student leaves campus. Well, three or four days later, he gets a phone call from the professor saying, hey, this the student never came back, and uh, uh, we don't know what happened. He lives down closer to you than the university. Can you uh, check on him for us? And he said, yeah, I'd love to. I'd be happy to. I felt bad about what happened. And so this is all in New Mexico where he lives now. He went back to Clovis, New Mexico, where he grew up, Jim West did. So he drives an hour up to where this individual lives, and when he gets there, he pulls up, and he's right at a crime scene where both the student and his grandmother had been murdered. And because he's new in town, he's interested in the uh, victim, he he is instantly uh, a person of interest to the local police. So as it it turns out, uh, uh, he ends up, helping to solve that murder with the local police. And that's how basically all of his books uh, kind of uh, rolled into uh, one after another. And the second book, Cold Winter's Kill, he's at home and he gets a phone call. Jim gets a phone call from an old friend from the Air Force who said, my daughter is on a ski trip with friends in Rio Doso, New Mexico, and uh, she's disappeared. You know, they're they're saying she may have run off with this uh, some some boyfriend or something, but I can't get a hold of her. The sheriff is kind of looking for her, but you know the parent, the father says I don't think he's really doing a good job. I know you're, you know, you know all about these investigations. Can you just drive down to Rio Doso and make sure people are really trying to find her, and I'll get out as soon as I can. The parents live in Florida, and he's obviously not a very good parent because he's not rushing out to the location, but he's interested in the daughter enough to call Jim. Now, poor Jim, last thing he wants to do is go down to the mountains in New Mexico by Rio Doso and start helping the sheriff do a search uh, for a missing girl. And the only time he knew the girl was when she was really young. And so it was something he didn't really want to do, but he couldn't tell his friend no. So when he goes down to Rio Doso, he meets up with the sheriff, starts working a little bit on his own, and he finds out that every about every Christmas time, at least in this December, it seems to be a, a, a young blonde goes missing out there, and he sees a pattern that he tries to exploit and look into, and and that's how the second book moves on. And sort of like so, Jessica you've got a few, yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's sort of like Jessica Fletcher, like you were telling me, murder yeah. she wrote. She kind of gets in, in, she gets kind of stuck into situations as she goes along. Right. And so, you, and how many important. how many books do you have in this series? There are seven books in that series. They all set in the Southwest. They kind of bounce around. These are all places I've either lived or have been to on a number of occasions. Uh, for example, uh, 
in the the last in the series, Greed Can Kill, a good portion of it takes place in Cloudcroft, New Mexico. And uh, uh, there's a lodge there. I don't know if any of your listeners have ever been to Cloudcroft, New Mexico, but there's a beautiful lodge. It's like a, I, I don't, I don't 9,000 feet above you know sea level. I'm not sure how high exactly it is, but it's up in the mountains there. And it was built over 100 years ago. Uh, and it's just a fantastic place to stay. And so I was through there. And I said, this would be a great place to at least put a setting for a mystery. So for part of the book, its uh, setting is right there in the lodge at Cloudcroft, New Mexico. So I've tried to set these books at different places throughout the southwest where I've lived or I've visited on trips on a number of occasions. Yeah, book three, for example, Loose Ends Kill. Where does that take place? Okay, Loose Ends Kill is is another situation where, where Jim's at home and he gets a phone call from an old friend who has been arrested for murder in San Antonio. It's where I live, San Antonio area, uh, for the murder of his wife. And he calls Jim with his, you know, phone call, the free phone call he gets, because he says even his lawyers don't believe he didn't do it. But he didn't do it, and he needs Jim to come down and help him out. So Jim's the type of guy that can't really say no. You know, so he, he gets in the car and drives down to San Antonio, and he ends up finding out a whole bunch of things about his friend and his friend's wife that he never knew in the past, even though he thought he knew this couple fairly well. Uh, but in the process, of course, he uh, he ends up solving the mystery and uh, helping the uh, individual get free. That's now, how that, much of your to... background uh, – just Go a minute ahead, before we get to the other books. I wanted to ask you, how much of your background in criminal investigations – goes into the research and development of these stories. I mean, what, what can we kind of read into the story that you would know um, after having done this for so many years? I, what I really tried to focus on is, it, is, the, uh, is in the plot. The, character, the stories are built more around the plot than the characters, even though obviously Jim West is the main character and he kind of grows through the books. But I'm trying to develop in a way I know how uh, law enforcement pursues investigations, uh, different things they're looking for, sometimes the uh, lack of urgency they have on cases uh, that they don't think that's important. For example, in the loose ends kill, uh, they think he's the, is the, the killer, so they're not really trying hard at all to find someone else. Uh, I know jurisdictions, and I'm very familiar with the methods they use. It's, these are not police procedurals. I don't go into a lot of detail uh, simply because I'm, I'm, I'm more into telling the story and trying to get the reader intrigued in what's going on in the book. But do we what get into the mind of the person, the, the mind of the character? Is that your mind? Yeah, it probably is my mind, but I try to make it the character. <laughs> uh, in, a, in, okay. a, in a couple of, I write Jim West in first person, and in a couple of the books, I do spend some time in the killer's head too. Uh, so it's it's uh, uh, most of, I think probably two of them I do it like that. The other five are pretty much in first person, uh, and and uh, uh, but yeah, obviously I tried to give Jim West traits that I thought would be a, to make him a good person. I, I want to, I want people to like Jim West and to look at him as someone who's trying to do the right thing, even though if he's not too excited about what he's getting himself into. Uh, is there uh, the any other, romance in the book? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. The other thing that uh, I've done with Jim West is 
going out to New Mexico, the last thing he wanted to do was get involved with another woman. So he's not at all one of these womanizing lovers that the Don Juan types that sometimes you'll see in fiction books. But uh, he, 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 there is a romantic interest that slowly evolves in each, in each book. It, it goes from where he's kind of timid around women until the, uh, the, the newest one, he's actually uh, taking a woman on a cruise. So it does evolve. My, uh, people who have read him, talked to me about the books, have always asked me, well, is he ever going to have another, you know, get married again or have a steady girlfriend or anything like that? And in the, uh, I usually have to tell him, I just have to wait and see. I'm not too sure myself. In, in, there's a <laughs> statement he makes, uh, or actually he ta- a thought that he tells the reader throughout in the book, and Loose Ends Kill, the uh, third book, uh, here it's set in San Antonio, where he's kind of fallen for uh, this uh, woman that works at the hotel where he's staying. She's went through a divorce, uh, and uh, like he says, he knows that if her husband tried to come back to her, she would just simply tell him to get lost. But in his mind, he thought deep down, if he, despite all the suffering he's been through and everything else, if his wife came back, he'd probably go back to her. At least he wasn't sure yet. And uh, okay. so well, I tried to make um, it an internal struggle. Got it, got it. Okay, we're going to a break right now, uh, Bob, and come back in just a few minutes after we have given our sponsors their opportunity to uh, share with us. So we'll be back with Bob Doerr in just a few minutes. Howdy, I'm John Cruder, the Midnight Marauder. I guess you might say that I'm a vigilante who writes the wrongs I see along my many travels to balance the scales of justice especially those of the corrupt and murderous members of the town council of Bandera, Texas. You can follow my many adventures in a series of Midnight Marauder books written by Roy Clinton on Amazon.com and TopWesterns.com. Or, if you prefer, listen to my adventures in audiobook form by downloading them from Audible.com or iTunes. This is R. William James, the voice of the Midnight Marauder. Do you love to read great new ebooks? Visit ebg247.com. Be the first to discover the next bestseller. At EBG247, we have the web's largest selection of great new book reads, from that amazing new fiction or nonfiction to horror, romance, and fantasy. We even have today's best children's books. That's ebg247.com. New books arrive daily, and all ebooks start at just 99 cents. If you love to read, then you'll love EBG247. Com. Low prices, large selection, and an easy-to-use website. It's all only at ebg247.com. Headlines. Cryptocurrency vultures are circling around failing governments. Darknet predators are rushing to market with their newest digital product. They promise economic salvation, even as they coupon clip straight from your digital wallet. The newest techno thriller installment from Breakfield and Berkey, The Enigma Source. Book 10 of the Enigma series continues the combat of cyber good guys versus cyber thugs set in today's digital landscape. I Will Be the One by Larry Farmer, published by the Wild Rose Press. When I arrived at the Manila International Airport in February 1984 and a group of prospective Peace Corps volunteers and looked out the window at the miles of ghetto around me, it took every ounce of idealism I had to stay. 
I already had a best friend in our group, a girl I'd met back at the staging area in San Diego named Lois. It made being friends appealing since we probably were going to be stuck out in the middle of nowhere after we finished training. A new online bookstore, IndieLector.store, is unlike any other. IndieLector.store offers great prices from top indie authors and supports authors at the same time by paying them more for their books. IndieLector.store has a readers club that gives you free books and special deals. Watch the IndieLector.store continue to grow before it opens in the fall of 2019 at IndieLector.store. Bourgeois Media and Consulting, a book publishing consultant where creative inspiration is realized. More at bourgeoismedia.com. Texas Authors is proud to be a supporter of IndieBeacon.com, a website that supports indie authors from around the world. If you are looking for help with marketing or getting published, IndieBeacon.com can assist you. Years of experience by the founder is available to any indie author looking for help. IndieBeacon.com a place for creative souls to find help in marketing their creations. Welcome to Indie Beacon Radio, where creative souls can find help in marketing their creations. You can send questions for each show on Twitter using the hashtag IndieBeacon. Now sit back and enjoy learning about our guest for this show. This is Grace Allison. We're back with Bob Doerr, and he spells his last name D, like David, O-E, with two R's. Now, Bob, that's a very unusual spelling for door. Can you explain to us what door is? Well, it, it's an old German name. When we, uh, my ancestors came over, it was actually spelled with D-O-R-R with an umla over the O. I guess that's a, a German, uh, uh, well, it was used as a German, but my family was German background, so it's probably a German punctuation mark. But once they got in the States, they changed the D-O-E-R-R. Well, I just wanted to make people aware of the spelling of your name so they can find your books. Now, let's talk sure. about um, your, your next group of books by uh, the Clint Smith, the Army okay. Operatives. Right, right. I, I, I have, like I said, seven books on the Jim West Mystery Series, and I've done three books with my Clint Smith character. Now, unlike Jim West, which is much more like your ordinary type person who's uh, running into uh, these uh, mysteries, Clint Smith is a former Army Special Ops individual who was recruited uh, when he was about 30 years old to come into an ultra-secret government agency uh, whose role is to hunt down threats to the United States and basically assassinate them. They have to be very serious threats. And very, very few people in government uh, know about this organization. It's extremely limited who knows about it. Uh, Clint Smith is much more of a tough guy. He's very, very skilled in martial arts. He's an expert marksman. And he's much more of a woman's man, even though it's not uh, none of my books really have any sex, much sex in them or any of all in some of them. Uh, but he's a much more worldly, adventurous type uh, swashbuckling guy. Uh-huh. So how big is, is he tall? Is it like six feet or yeah, it, how big yeah, is he uh, Yeah, he's like, uh, he's, he's over six three. I, uh, it's a good question. I can say that. I, for some reason, I want to say six four, but I think he's six three. Uh, that's one fact I need to guess, know better, right, about my own character there. But he's a big guy. He's six three, got dark hair. He's uh, well-built, and uh, uh, he's, he's called the, uh, the attack 
what happens is a uh, uh, Middle Eastern terrorist blows up an airport in the New York area, sets off a bomb in the, in the airport in the New York area, and they don't capture him, and he's, he takes off, and the intelligence has it that he's going to try to set off another bomb at another airport in 30 days to make a name for himself. And so uh, uh, Clint Smith is sent on his trail to find him, and the ground rules for this organization is if the, local, if, the, uh, if the bona fide legitimate FBI or CIA or, you know, MI6 or someone else can't catch this terrorist, uh, then he's green-lighted. If he catches them first, he can go ahead and, and uh, assassinate him. And so he's, he's chasing this uh, killer. He goes to Europe. He's back into Canada, back into the western part of the United States, traveling all around the world trying to catch him before the ultimate confrontation. Again, like in the other books, I was able to use settings where I'd spent a lot of time in the military. I had a tour in, in uh, Germany. I had a tour of duty where I spent four years in Germany, three years in Spain. So it was very easy to get into uh, those type locations in my mind and to write the story about that. That's uh, really yes, interesting. That's yeah. uh, I want to I take a break from the books and talk about the Military Writers Society as uh, you have won – an award with them, uh, the author of the year in 2013, um, for your book. Was it Cold Winners Killed? Was the finalist in that book? In that, in that award? No, no, no. The, the individual books did win some different awards, but the writer of the year is based on all the books that you've written, and so it's not on a specific book for a specific year. It's basically a, a totality of books that you've done. So you have to uh-huh. have, uh, I think, it's at least three books that have been published become the writer of the year. And then they have to look at all the works that you've done and say that, uh, and, and, and normally there's a book out that year too. And so that workbook uh, may not receive an award depending upon in the, in, when I won it the year, instead of getting a, an award for that book, I got the writer of the year for all my books that I've done at that point in time. But the military okay. society of America is, is a very good organization. It's like, it's a national organization that was created about 15 years ago with the idea of thing veterans write as therapy. Uh, the feeling uh, was, and it still is, that many, many soldiers, airmen, uh, uh, come back from conflict or, or dangerous assignments, and they have a hard time talking about it. And it dwells in their mind a lot of times. It causes PTSD and perhaps other uh, situations. And the goal of the uh, Military Writers Society uh, in, uh, primarily was to help these veterans put pen to paper and tell their story. Even if they only just want to write it for friends and family, it, it's good for them to, to help get it out. It evolved as more people uh, uh, joined for family members who want to write biographies, for example, about their dad or their brother or somebody. So, uh, we have some writers that talk about kids, advice for children who have parents who are deployed or injured in combat. And it's also it's beyond that now, too. It's just if, if you're a, a military veteran and you want to start writing about other things, uh, in most cases, that's fine with us, too. But it's a good organization. It's a national organization about it at their website. It's uh, Dispatches. It's D-I-S-P-A-T-C-H-E-S dot com. M-W-S-A dispatches.com and that's their website here's the history it talks about the what they do and, and, and membership and all so if you're interested in that or you have 
Yeah, I wanted to leave some time for that because I think it's really important for our military people who are right, listening to this podcast and also reading your books to know that they can also get involved with the Military Writers Society of America. Um, uh, there's another person that you've been writing with, a little person. I think it's your yeah. granddaughter. Yes. Yes. My, and you've written my grand- at this. Three, yeah. Tell me about books. your granddaughter. Yeah, three fantasy adventures. Yeah, my granddaughter, when she turned 12, was loved to read. She had already read all the Harry Potter, everything else, and she thought she wanted to start reading the Twilight series. And I said to myself, obviously, I'm an old conservative you know, grandfather here saying, my heavens, she's too young to start reading the Twilight series and those type books that are really for older teenagers. And so I, I, I persuaded her, instead of reading some of those books during that summer, to how about if you help me write a story? And she was all for it. And so uh, I have three books out in that series. The first one was The Enchanted Coin, and she did a lot to help me on that. I would write a chapter or two, and we'd sit down at a coffee shop and discuss where it's going, you know, the characters, what names I should use, and, and, and the, the plot and everything. And it went very well. And then the next summer, we wrote a second book, The Rescue of Vincent. And that went just like it very well. Unfortunately, in the third year, she got old enough to, I guess, discover phones and boys and I didn't quite get quite part, I guess you could say, but she still helped out. She's a sweetie. But the books are all, uh, the idea behind the book uh, finds a magic coin on there. Uh, and it says it's a magic coin, has the character's name on it, and tells the character to throw that coin into the fountain next to the tree of life. And the 14-year-old runs home, and, and the, the coin almost feels like it has electricity in it or something. And they get home, and they try to find out about this tree of life. And uh, there's a lot of, if you go on the Internet, there's a lot of uh, things about a tree of life and different things from religion. It was a tree of life at Disney World. And that night, uh, parents out of the blue mentioned that the family's going to, on a vacation to Disney World. So the 14-year-old gets to Disney World, throws the coin into the fountain, and instantly is transported world where they have a bunch of adventures uh, before they ever can get back to her. Anyway, you think it's so a they, fun type story? Trans- yeah, it's a, she's transported into another dimension, another time? Well, you, you don't... It's a fantasy world where things are different from where they... Uh, from Earth. So whether or not it's in a different time, it'd be very hard for them to even know. Uh, for, uh, for example, in The Rescue of Vincent, the second one, uh, when you, the Ricky Street is the character's name. Uh, each book actually has different characters. It's the coin. It's the commonality in all of them. Yeah, when he throws the coin in the fountain, it's like a flash, and all of a sudden everything's real dark. And Ricky shouts out, Mom! And, and a voice next to him close by, which is a girl's voice, says, I'm not your mom. And uh, says, uh, you know, they, they've both been there only a few minutes. And then a third character shows up within another minute. And what these are are three different 14-year-olds from different planets that have all been sent there at the same time. And, and they start walking towards light in the distance. And when they finally can see, uh, Ricky Street, who's the Earth boy, sees that the girl next to him uh, is completely blue, blue hair, blue skin, uh, everything. Uh, but she's very pretty. He notes that, too. And then the third character is a is a... A, a person who's really small, just you know, barely three feet tall, and, and he's got no hair at all on his whole body. And so, obviously, they're from different worlds, and the stories 
uh, takes them through, like I said, a number of adventures before they can ever get back to their home planets. But it was a lot of fun. I had a very nice experience on that where I got a note from a fifth-grade teacher who out of the blue read the, one of the books to her class, and so all the students in the class wrote me a note back about the, what they liked about the book. Uh, it was totally unexpected, but I, I, I got a great thrill out of that. That's really sweet. Now, you've got a book that's in, in process right now. Isn't that right? Right. Yes. That you're currently yeah, writing? The one, yeah. The one I'm working on now is would be the eighth Jim West mystery. And I, as I alluded to before, it's a, this is one where he's actually got a woman going with him on a cruise. And uh, he's nervous about it, but uh, he, sure enough, he, he doesn't cancel out on her. He goes through with it. And uh, it's interesting. I wanted to because I take you know, a handful of cruises out of Galveston, and I've, I've been on a few other cruises. And I've always thought it would be an interesting place to, to put a, a murder mystery but now that I'm writing it, I'm finding it very hard because it's not you're stuck on the ship pretty much, uh, uh, and it's, it's very hard to set up different settings and do things. But we're going to work through it and hope it'll be as good as the other mysteries. So, how can people find your books? We're, we're coming to a close well, of, our, of our evening, sure. and so tell us where they can find you. Well, the easiest way is to is on Amazon. I'm sure you hear that from everybody. But all my books are on Amazon.com. And uh, uh, you can find them there. You can also come to my website, uh, www.bobdoerr.com, uh, and find, find the books, a little bit about me on my website. And I have a Facebook page, uh, Bob Dore Author page. And, and uh, any of those is would be an easy way to get a hold of me and ask me any questions of any sort. I'd be happy to answer them uh, and do whatever I can for any well, readers out there. We want to thank you for being with us tonight, Bob, and have, have well, a good night. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Indie Beacon Radio, where creative souls can find help in marketing their creations. To learn more about Indie Beacon services, to be a guest on the show, or to advertise on our show, please visit our website at IndieBeacon.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.